Today on The Courier Daily. If you are a non-essential product right now, if you don't have anything to offer that's immediately relevant for the times, if you're not pivoting to hand sanitizer, leave us alone. Like, give us a break. We'll be there for you, hopefully, in weeks or months when it's time once again to, you know, put together a fancy trip or something like that. In the meantime, it's fine to, to chill out with the email. Then a bit later on, the CEO of plant-based meal startup All Plants explains how he's actually hiring more chefs to meet an uptick in demand. In the last couple of weeks, we've been selling way more than we can cook. And so fortunately, we had a couple of weeks of stock, but that's rapidly depleting. And so we're trying, if anything, to speed up. So that even in the last 48 hours, we've actually hired and trained up close to 20 new chefs. I'm Daniel Giacopelli. It's the 1st of April, and this is the New Daily Podcast from Courier. I'll be talking with business owners all over the world to hear how they're pivoting and surviving. And we'll be doing the same thing in our new Courier Weekly email newsletter as well. So check it out and subscribe at couriermedia.co slash sign up. A bit later on, we'll hear from the CEO of All Plants, the plant-based meal delivery startup. First, I'm here with Dan Frommer. Dan, can I call you a... Uh, veteran tech journalist? Does that make you sound like you're 65 or something? Please go for it. I've been doing this since before the iPhone. So I think that counts. I mean, Dan's the founder and the editor in chief of The New Consumer, a fantastic one man media company, email newsletter, all about how people are spending their money and their time. Dan, you just wrote a guide to, as you put it, not being an ass when communicating with customers. Um, I I wondered if you could walk us through some of those steps because it was really fantastic. Thanks. And, and yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, the, the last two weeks have been you know, truly unlike anything in my life. And I think for most of us, you know, I, I think mostly in terms of email these days, I write an email newsletter that goes out twice a week to, you know, very senior, very busy executives in consumer and tech and in venture capital. And so I, I always think about, you know, how should I be talking to my customers right now? But as part of my research and, you know, just, I guess it's just part of being a human these days, I receive a lot of email, especially from brands. I go out of my way to sign up for it, unlike many people, I think. But really, since uh, the middle of February, I've been kind of paying a closer attention and analyzing how brands were talking to their customers in light of this growing pandemic, which, you know, beyond driving millions or perhaps hundreds of millions of people to change their daily routines to work from home is also bringing horrible news to a lot of people. A lot of people are getting very sick. A lot of people are seeing people die, either that they are fans of or or in their family. Their entire lives are being uprooted. Millions of people, what was it, 3 million people applied for unemployment in the US in one week. It's just a, a really chaotic time. So you know, my, my thought was to put together a simple guide to help small businesses, entrepreneurs, brands of all sizes talk to their customers right now. And your first point was, should I be even talking at all? Yeah, silence, it kind of goes against some marketing basics, right? You know, no one's going to see you if you're, if you're staying silent. But now it's actually not a bad time to be silent if we don't need to hear from you. I should get the data, but I'm guessing that the volume of email that's been sent over the past two weeks exceeds any two-week period in history. You know, as brands have been sending out news alerts about what's happening to their companies, about how to conduct commerce with them. You know, every restaurant I've ever been to has sent me an email in the last couple of weeks about how to pick up things to go, you know, how to support their staff. Every airline I've ever 
sat in a seat on is also sending me emails about everything. The first step is just to decide, do I need to say this? Or specifically, do I need to email about this? And a great example, and I haven't actually been able to confirm this with them, but my assumption is that Away, the luggage brand, is doing this on purpose. They have not sent an email out for two weeks now. They used to send me an email, you know, I don't know if it was daily, but every couple of days I would get an email from Away, the luggage startup. Do you think that's a strategic thing or do you think they're just scrambling behind the scenes because they're in an industry that's going into the toilet? Exactly. Great question. I haven't been able to confirm that with them yet, but I'm going to hope it's intentional. You know, they sent an email, I think two weeks ago saying our stores are temporarily closed. You know, we're going to take care of our team during this time. And then they stopped, which is great because something like 93% reduction in airplane travel this Sunday in the U.S. No one is thinking about booking a fancy vacation right now. No one is thinking about oh no, do I have the right suitcase to take this trip next weekend? Everybody is trying to figure out, how am I going to pay rent tomorrow? What am I going to do for work next month? What am I going to do for my customers? How is my business going to survive? How is my family going to continue to thrive? A lot of people have kids at home that they're not used to having there. It's a chaotic time. So if you are a non-essential product right now, if you don't have anything to offer that's immediately relevant for the times, if you're not pivoting to hand sanitizer, leave us alone. Like, give us a break. We'll be there for you, hopefully, in weeks or months when it's time once again to, you know, put together a fancy trip or something like that. In the meantime, it's fine to, to chill out with the email. Interestingly, Away has still been posting to social. So that's why I think this is at least in some way a strategy. If you look at their Instagram, it's way toned down. It's not bikinis on yachts or anything like that. It's not like perfectly, you know, HDR pictures of some Vista or anything like that. It's more, you know, they showed someone doing a workout with their suitcase or something like that. Like it's, it's some of it's a little tongue in cheek. Some of it is a little more serious, but it's contextually relevant. So I would say if we go to, you know, the second point on my, on my guide and this applies all the time, but especially now, is consider the context in which your messaging is going to arrive into someone's life. You know, it's very easy just to think in terms of, here's my brand voice, here's my style guide, here's how we put together this thing, this is our workflow. That's great. But remember, you're you're existing in someone else's email box. You're coming either before or after an email that could be from a relative who needs help. It could be from a boss who needs you to lay people off or is is laying you off or an invoice for a bill that you don't want to face or a teammate who needs help. Email is a very personal place and that makes it great because it I think it forms a really intimate communication and that's why I love, you know, that the new consumer is primarily an email newsletter. But right now you have to be particularly thoughtful about the fact that you are in an inbox and you are surrounding, you know, possibly a scary news update from a publication, you know, or a very personal message. So, but is this another way essentially of just saying, you know, mind your tone of voice or is it think twice before you push send? Because, you know, obviously, if I'm a luggage company, for instance, you know, I don't know if one of my customers just received bad news from their friend or not. There's no way to know. And everybody's inbox is different. So, I would just say, be careful. Maybe, you know, again, err on the side of perhaps not sending that email or 
you know, and my biggest point, I think, and probably takes up the most space in this piece is be useful. Look, email is not a uh, super noisy notification, hopefully, in most people's lives. Everybody is happy to receive an email if it's going to be useful to them. And that's what I would say is like, this is kind of a broader business context right now, not just email marketing, but think right now how you can be most useful right now today. If you have a service that people can access that is going to help them in this period, that's what you should be promoting and not necessarily like what you would normally send out in the beginning of April every year. You know, if you're an apparel company, we're at home. We need comfortable clothes. We need socks. We need, you know, sweatsuits. Maybe that's what you should be thinking about putting, you know, in your email or on your homepage and not necessarily the new swimming trunks that are coming out or anything like that. So it's purely survival mode programming. For now. And this guide was very purposely written for right now. You know, we're recording this end of March, beginning of April. The tone of the world could change hopefully for the better in the next couple of weeks. I'll probably write another one of these in a month. The beauty of email is that it's right now. So I wrote this and sent it out in the matter of a few hours on a Sunday. Things are different now than they were a week ago. Things will be different in a week or two. But again, be useful. Like, are you a grocery store? Are you back in stock of bleach wipes? Tell me that, you know? Do you have new extended hours or do you have new bandwidth for delivery or curbside pickup, tell me that. Now is not a good time to tell me the behind the scenes history of how you met your co-founder or something like that. Strip away all the unnecessary things. Totally. There will be time for that. You know, that people do like that. And then I also kind of get into this, like, you know, every brand as a publisher now, I see a lot of strange brands giving me cooking advice now or work from home tips or fitness or wellness tips. I get the thinking behind that. If you're not going to be great, I don't know if I want that from you. A lot of mediocrity is happening right now under the panicked theory of like, oh, I got to be doing something. I want to be useful. But if it's not great, then it doesn't really reflect well. And I would say the last thing, and it this has been driving me absolutely crazy, either automated messages or like the form, like template messages that show absolutely no awareness for the time. Here's our new thing. Or... Did you forget something in your cart? No, I couldn't order it because you're out of delivery slots. You know, there's absolutely no contextual awareness. I'm still getting, you know, random department store emails that are like, wouldn't you look good in this? Come on, like, don't send anything right now that has not been vetted for tone or appropriateness. Please do your business. I'm not saying shut down your business. Everyone is going to be really scrambling right now, but don't cause clutter and problems right now. Again, things could be different in a few weeks, but right now I I really think that you should pause anything that's not necessary and totally appropriate. Thanks, Dan. And honestly, I really do recommend subscribing to Dan's newsletter, The New Consumer. He really knows his stuff. Check it out at newconsumer.com. Right, so let's cross now to Jonathan Petridis, the CEO of All Plants, which delivers vegan frozen meals to your door. You know, Jonathan, I'm obviously keen to hear about how you guys are adapting to the crisis. But first, I know you you guys completed a fundraise a bit earlier in the month, a crowdfunding campaign. The timing of that must have been a bit fraught. I mean, was it a bit touch and go there for a minute when the crisis hit? 
fortunately for us, we were closed, aside from small kind of legal bits and bobs, before things actually really started to have impact in Europe and the US. But secondly, you know, we're actually likewise very fortunate to be in one of the few verticals, few industries where actually we've seen a completely unprecedented surge in demand in the last couple of weeks to the extent that it's actually been very difficult to keep up with it. You know, so we've had around 250% to 300% growth above and beyond our targets. And that accelerated in a matter of days as we kind of phased into lockdown. And, you know, I suppose the idea of eating really healthy, delicious food that you can store up in your freezer that's delivered directly to your door, you know, happens to really be a massive help and assistance to people all over the country. If anything, it's almost been the flip reverse of so many of my good friends and colleagues who run what a couple of weeks ago were very strong and really good growing businesses that suddenly have just experienced a real tailspin. For us, it's been, how can we keep up with this? Yeah, you guys make a product that people want right now. As you said, I mean, it's healthy, home-delivered, frozen food. Obviously, you have the same problems that every business has on the planet right now, right? So, I mean, you know, at Courier, we're lucky in the sense that we can do our job from home. You guys, you're making food in a kitchen. Presumably, how, how are you looking after your staff right now and making sure they're they're healthy? And, you know, surely a lot of them have to be self-isolated, and I'm sure some of them might even be sick, as all of us are. In business, the first and foremost, the most important thing is your people and the safety, health, and wellness of our people. And that goes for both physical and mental wellness. These are really troubling times, and there's a lot that's kind of raising everyone's anxieties and concerns so so that's been our top priority and you know we moved our office team which is around 50 60 people to fully remote a couple of weeks ago just before the government mandated it in the uk so those are all the people that don't actually handle food on on a day-to-day basis exactly we actually recently moved into this new space and you know prior to this we were super spread out and it was a complete startup hodgepodge craziness but you know, fortunately, we moved into this new 20,000 square foot site and we've, we've built a new kitchen, but we've also brought our HQ under one roof. And so because we had everyone together, we realized actually we need to minimize the exposure that we have everyone who's in the food operation, all our chefs, so that everyone can stay as well as possible for as long as possible. Last week and this week, we're about 35% down in terms of people in our team and who would normally be in the kitchen cooking, either having symptoms themselves or having a a housemate or partner who has symptoms. And so they're having to self-isolate, which has certainly been something fun to deal with when we're actually, you know, In the last couple of weeks, we've been selling way more than we can cook. And so fortunately, we had a couple of weeks of stock, but that's rapidly depleting. And so we're trying, if anything, to speed up. So even in the last 48 hours, we've actually hired and trained up close to 20 new chefs. You know, it was actually just back end of last week that a few of our chefs just posted on their Instagram, hey, to a lot of their friends who are restaurant chefs in London, who unfortunately their their restaurants have all closed. They're all available. They're eager to be cooking and, and, and you know, be busy and also be able to, you know, carry on having an income. And so we're seeing a real um, influx of, of great chefs ready and very keen to join the team and be part of our effort. Are the new chefs able to make up the difference of the lost chefs? 
in terms of just the work? Yeah, you know, training takes some time. Uh, so we, you know, we had to actually revise down our cook targets last week. And fortunately, the team has just pulled out all the stops. And we're, we're back to our goal for this week. And actually, in the next couple of weeks, we're trying ev- on a weekly basis to step things up. But we also have to take into account supply chain, you know, ordering. So, for example, our tofu, which comes from Japan, and our pasta, which is made in Italy, uh, those are two ingredients that are quite at risk at the moment from a supply perspective. And so, you know, we're having to be nimble and thoughtful and, and actually innovative as to how we make sure we can we can carry on cooking for everyone around the country. You know, we've had on a few interesting guests talking recently about how businesses can, you know, grow amid a crisis. I mean, it's a bit of an awkward thing, right? Um, making money amid, a, you know, a time when people are dying. And you guys happen to be a company that's doing good things, that's growing because you provide a service that people want. But how do you as the CEO kind of lead that and grow while also realizing that there are a lot of people out there who are, you know, losing their jobs and and losing their businesses. Absolutely. It's really tough. The reality is that also what we're seeing right now in the last 10 days is a completely previously unpredictable surge in uh, and change in behavior and the reality is that that behavior is going to completely unpredictably change again so actually while we're doing everything we can to keep up with it in the very short term right now we're also extremely aware that all of our plans we had for the next 12 18 months have to go completely out of the window you know we are all of us living in a time of ubiquitous uncertainty it's every single industry affected it's every single country affected and it's every single one of us whether our health our employment our income or our ability to move around every single one of us is affected and what that actually means in terms of the world that we'll all be operating in and living in in a matter of months leave alone in six or 12 months it's it's unpredictable we're having to massively revise down our expectations for the year our plans and you know really bed in for trying to survive through what is going to be no one knows what's going to happen what kind of plans did you have that might not now happen this year as with any year as a fledgling startup who has grand designs and big visions to change the world and you know our mission is to inspire the planet to eat more plants and we believe that inspiring the next billion plant-powered people would would make a humongous difference to the trajectory of our of our planet fight against the climate crisis we're very much at the beginning of our journey you know it's only a couple of months ago we celebrated three years since launching and also happened to celebrate our millionth meal cooked and served And there's a lot of uh, pent up demand and interest for all of that has to go on the back burner now. You know, we can't it would be folly to assume that you can continue down that path when we really don't know what the world is going to look like at the moment on a daily basis when we wake up in the morning, you know. Yeah. Do you think the time for like hockey stick like growth is just it's not now just now you have to bet in and, and, you know, hold on to your cash and hope for the best kind of thing? Yes, I think pursuing apart from for I'm sure a very, very small cohort of companies who who really happen to have, you know, as we're seeing in the short term, this outrageously intensified product market fit beyond that unless you can really count on that in the medium to long term i don't think you can plan for that in the reality is that we all have to both brace ourselves both mentally but also in a business from a planning perspective for the worst and hope for the best if you like and i think that's probably the simplest way to typify the adjustments happening across the board in businesses you know literally all over the world to to try to cope with this and set up a plan and the other reality is Danny that as with any plan whatever we come up with today or tomorrow 
the only thing you can count on is it will be wrong. And so uh, I suppose what we're trying to set ourselves up with is a, is a very dynamic plan that is uh, able to change gears and jump between different scenarios as best we can to react to things as they, as they happen. My special thanks to Dan Frommer and Jonathan Petridis for today's show. A courier, we really want to make sure you and your business make it through the next few months. So if you have any questions at all that you want answered, from legal to financial to branding, just shoot me an email. We'll try and answer a few of the questions on the show once a week. And the same goes for any tips, ideas, or stories. You can reach me at daniel at couriermedia.co. Make sure to also sign up to Courier Weekly for more stories of pivoting, adapting, surviving, and growing. Head to couriermedia.co slash sign up. I'm Daniel Giacopelli. The Courier Daily is back again tomorrow.